Welcome to the Purpose Founder Podcast. We're so excited that you're here. This is a weekly recap of the Life Gathering that happens on Wednesdays at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Join our Facebook discipleship page and receive updates and content information and connect with people from all around the world. We're so excited that you're joining us today. Today's message is entitled Christ the Center. And so we're going to be looking at um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And reading, um, we're going to be focusing on one verse. And also I have a special teaching that I want to share with you guys as well. And so let's just get right in. Um, and so the verse uh, again is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 14. It says, for the love of Christ controls us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. And he died for all so that those who live would no longer live for themselves, but for, for him who died and rose on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one by the flesh, even though we have known Christ by the flesh, yet we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things pass away, behold, new things have come. Now. All these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their wrongdoings against them. And he has committed us to the word of reconciliation. So this is just talking about how we are new people in Christ, right? We're not recognized by the things that we used to do or um, or how or how we were before we came to know Christ, but we are known in a new way, right? We're a new person. We're a new creation. And so I want to um, go over and really focus to hear on this verse, on the main verse that we're going to be focused on, which is verse 17, right? It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... This person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come, right? This is going to be the, the main scripture that we are we are focusing on. And today, I want to give you guys a tool. I want to give each and every one of you a tool to equip you to study the word of God and go even further in today's study, uh, study on your own, right? We use this tool here at Purpose Founder uh, for our own studying as well. It's called OICA. It's an acronym, right? OICA is O-I-C-A. It stands for observation, interpretation, correlation, and application. And so this might seem, this is a very new thing, right? If you've never heard it before. And so I want to go over each one of these quickly and quickly make a practice of it using the verse that we're going to go over today. Uh, we're going to go a little fast, but I need your participation. I need you guys to, uh, if you have your phones or you're on your computer, um, be ready to type and to share what you are seeing um, and what we're going over. So the first thing is observation, right? Observation is basically exactly what it says. It's what you see, um, um, but also what is the verse saying, right? What do you see in the verse? What is it saying? Who is talking? What are they talking about? Defining terms that you may not understand, right? Looking up words that are in the Hebrew or the Greek, um, thinking about who is involved in the verse. So let's look at that, right? If we're doing an observation on 2 Corinthians 5.17, some things that you might notice is the word therefore, anyone, um, the words in Christ, right? 
Uh, what are some words that stand out to you that you're like, oh, this word, I'm looking at this verse and it's like, hmm, I want to know what this means. Or I want to, uh, I want to know deeply more what this particular word is saying. So one thing I, I would point out in an observation is that therefore, right? That word, that uh, word, therefore, it has a, a literary purpose, right? Basically, it's summarizing all the things that were before and saying, because of what I just shared here, this is the truth that, that follows it, right? Or this is the summary of it. And so that's one word you can look at. And it's saying, okay, look at the things I said before to, to, to find meaning in this part right here, right? And so we also have anyone, right? If, if we're saying anyone, it's everyone really but it has a qualification right people who are in christ right then we have this person the person who's in christ is a new creation old things have passed away behold thing new things have come it's just, it's just saying what it says right so um in in the observation part you can find a word for example if so, a word doesn't make sense new creation right or creation you're like okay what does this word mean here you're you're say, trying to figure out what it says so you're defining the term you're not interpreting what it means like to you yet but you're interpreting you're you're defining that term like if you look at it in the greek it says it's regeneration okay that's what creation means in the sentence right? So interpretation is a little different. It's going into what does it mean from what you observe, observed, right? You've observed, you've observed that this is what is being said, what is being said before. Well, um, basically Paul is talking about how the, the love of God controls us and that we are not to be viewed, um, by our flesh anymore. So what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What is the author, author of this, a particular passage, Paul trying to say to me, what is he trying to say to you? What is he trying to say to those who are reading? What is the context of this verse? So what does this actually mean? So we look at this verse again, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new person, uh, uh, they're a new creation, the old things have passed away, behold, the new things have come. So this verse is saying that when you are, you come to Christ, right? You are a new person. It's kind of just saying exactly what it says, but we can go deeper into this, right? Um, it says the old things have passed away and then behold, new things have come. Well, what are the old things and what are the new things? These are questions you can ask. You can figure out what these mean, right? What are the old things that have passed away and what be um, what are the new things that are, have come? We're going to get into that later on, later on, but just think about that. What does this verse mean to you? What, how does it impact you? And again, you can let me know, let us know in the chat right now uh, how you're interpreting this verse. I want to hear from you guys. So if you are able to type right now, what do you think this verse is saying? Go ahead and put it in the chat. I'm going to continue, but I have homework for you at the end. Um, so correlation. What uh, correlation basically is standing for, like it's the C in the Oika, right? Where else do you find this in scripture? What other scripture says the same thing or has the same theme, right? What other um, scripture talks about new becoming a new person or something passing away or uh, uh, um, what happens when you're in Christ? What other verse, right? You can either look this up, right? You can type it in Google, look it on the internet, um, 
what's another verse that uh that applies to this verse or is saying the same thing as second corinthians 5 17 you'll get a bunch of verses uh you would have to read through to see if it really does apply because the internet the internet says a lot of things so you better vet it out too um but where else do you find this in scripture one verse i can think of um is second uh no galatians 2 20 um I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me, right? So that's one verse that's talking about it because it says I have been crucified with Christ. It means I have died, right? And and Christ now lives in me, right? It's talking about something about something's dying and a new thing has come, right? So that's another one. There's gonna be a bunch of verses um, that I'm going to share later on uh, that are correlations as well. But if you can think of one, uh, just, you know, meditate on that right now or put it in the chat. I haven't seen anybody post anything in the chat yet, but if you, there is still time, right? Um, so again, where else do you see this theme of being a new creation or, or being in Christ? Paul talks a lot about being in Christ. And so there's a lot of scriptures for that. So A for application is saying, um, how can I put this verse into practice in my life, right? What are some action steps I can take literally today to take this verse and walk it out? What are three things you can do today uh, to walk out this verse, right? If you are a new creation and old things have passed away, well, definitely one thing is, um, you, you, the old things that are passed away, you're definitely not doing them, right? So for example, if we're saying that somebody's a new creation in Christ, the old things have passed away, let's say that those old things are sin and are, and are sin nature. Um, for example, if you have in the past, before you came to Christ, uh, known, have been known to be a liar, right? If you want to, if the old thing has really passed away, you're going to start telling the truth, right? <laughs> Right. You're going to start telling the truth because that old nature, that sin has gone now. So you can right now, all of us can think of a, in our mind, what's a sin that we were struggling with. Right. Or something that we used to struggle with. But now in Christ, we have won victory over. Right. The old things that are passed away are the old ways of doing things. Right. So um, my homework for each person here, I'm going to have um, Noah put in the chat um, a link to our Facebook page, because every week, um, if you don't know already, we have, we do our verse of the week every Monday. And so some homework that I have for each person on this call, if you're listening, if you're participating, um, join our Facebook group and find the post that for this week, that's on second Corinthians five seventeen. And after this sermon, or even as it's going on, go ahead and start typing what you already know about second Corinthians five seventeen, or after this sermon, go and write, write in the chat, in the comments, um, what you've learned from this, this, uh, this study today, okay? And so we want to learn from you. Today, I'm going to share what I got when I did Oika, um, and, but there's so much more to this verse that I could, I could you know, draw out. But God can speak to me in one way and, and point out one specific thing about this verse, but he can point an, uh, another thing. To you, so this is how we sharpen each other, right? Well, we take what God has taught each of us, and we we share it with each other, so we can learn from each other. So we want to learn from you, um, and and see what God is speaking to you in this verse. So if you haven't already, 
join our Facebook group and and participate. Show um um share with us what you what you're learning um from the study. And so with that being said, I want to get into the message. Um and so before I do, right, we, we've gotten this teaching, I kind of want to let's let's just pray, right? So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you so much today that we get to learn your word, we get to know you deeper. And so Father, as I give a uh, share with everyone, what you laid on my heart to share, God, I pray that you would give us all ears to hear and eyes to see what you're saying, what you're doing um, in our lives in the name of Jesus and what you are trying to do and what you've done for us through um, uh, by your death on the cross. And so God, I pray that we would get a deeper understanding, Lord God, and you would just anoint every word. Um, Father, we thank you that your word is power. It has power when we speak it and declare it. And so Father, we just thank you um, for that. And we pray that we would all be blessed by what your word says in Jesus name. Amen. So when I was doing Oka, um, the things that stood out to me, that there's three main things that stood out to me that I want to go over today. So uh, for me, right, we know that uh, the first part of the verse that says there, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Right. This is a very important part. If anyone is in Christ, we know that everyone has the ability to be in Christ, but it's saying here in this verse, if you are in Christ, right? So what does that mean? What does it mean that you are in Christ? Well, for one, you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, right standing with God, and with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation, right? So in order to be in Christ, you have to have confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, not just saying, oh, he's my Lord, but I, 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 you know, I, I just said it, right? I don't really mean it, right? Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that God raised, uh, raised Jesus from the dead so that you're saved, right? It says for the heart, a person believes resulting in righteousness, righteousness, big word for saying we are now in right standing with God because of the, the sacrifice of Jesus. But we are right standing with God, right? You can believe in God, right? And still, and, and him still not be your Lord, right? Because you have to invite him to be the Lord of your life, right? And that part where you confess with your mouth, it says resulting in salvation, right? The, <laughs> um, we can, we can believe, but have you taken that step to accept Jesus as your Lord, made him the Lord of your life, right? Um, the Bible says that if, if you believe that Jesus is Lord, you do well, the demons believe then they tremble, right? But they know he's Lord, but they're not, but, but, but Jesus is not their Lord, right? Cause if they were, they would be obedient, right? But no, they, uh, it's not, Jesus is not their Lord because their Lord is the devil. They are doing the will of their father, the devil, right? So we when we, it's not enough just to believe and say, I know that Jesus is Lord. In order to receive the salvation, you have to confess him as your Lord. You have to invite him to be the Lord of your life, right? So we know that, uh, that we are in Christ 
if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Again, in John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. If, if you see here, it's the same idea. Receive him, right? Receive him as your Lord, and you believe he gives you the right to be children of God. Why? Because Jesus paid the penalty in full for our sin. He's the only person who paid the penalty in full, right? And when we believe in him, we get that righteousness that we did not have, right? He, We get his righteousness because his blood covers all of our sins and purifies us, right? So again, you know that you're in Christ when you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Another thing is you are led by the Spirit of God, And so it says here in Romans, I don't, I think I, I have this wrong. It might be Romans 8, 14 and 15, uh, not 10, but for all who are being led by the spirit of God are sons of uh, sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry out, Abba, father. And so here is saying for those who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God, right? So we already hear that you, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive him as your Lord and you believe in him. You are, uh, you have the right to become a children of God, a child of God. You're a child of God. Well, those who are being, it goes even deeper to say those who are being led by the spirit of God are sons and daughters of God, right? When you receive Jesus, you did not receive a, a spirit of slavery leading to fear um, or a slavery to sin, you receive a, a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, and we are, have the right and can cry out, Abba, Father, right? The Spirit of God, we walk by the Spirit of God, we're led by the Spirit of God and not by the flesh, right? The flesh, the sinful nature that that wants wars against our spirit is saying, walk in the wrong way, like, do this evil thing instead of doing what the Spirit of God is saying, but we have been giving a new spirit. We don't have to obey the flesh or satisfy its desires, right? Um, but we've received a new spirit, right? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but we've received a new spirit. So another thing, um, to, if you're in Christ, is not only that you are being led by the spirit of God, but you are not sinning willfully. You're not sinning willfully. First John um, chapter three, verse nine says, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning for God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God, right? We cannot keep on sinning or make a practice of sinning, make a practice of sinning saying that, oh, well, I'm in Christ. I believe in Jesus. Well, I'm going to keep doing my own thing. And I, I have a, I've made a date to continue my bad behavior. No, right? When the spirit of God comes in you, you get, you have new desires. You don't want to go on sinning, right? That's why it says he cannot keep on sinning because you, you've been born of God. You've been giving desires, um, uh, to please God. Right. So these, and another thing I want to say is these verses are not for you to point to somebody else and be like, okay, we know a, a tree by its fruit, that pastor or that sister or that, that, that my neighbor over there man, they're making a practice of sinning. They're, they're not, they can't be born of God. Yes. You can use that verse to do that, but guess what? These are, these verses are for you to look at yourself, right? They are for you. They are for me. Don't point to your pastor, sister, your uncle, and be like, oh man, look, they're making a practice of sinning. This is for you and me. 
So I want each person to ask, ask yourself, is there an area of life where you've made a practice of sinning? Is there an area of life where you, you don't want to talk about it because you, if, in, if you talk about it, then you have to change. Is there a place in your life where you've made a practice of sinning, of gossiping, lying, or 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 having you know fantasies in your mind, having letting your thoughts run run wild? Have you made a practice of doing that? Right. Some people think, oh, well, this person is blatantly doing the wrong thing. Well, there there are people who are are practicing sins that we cannot see, right? Also, I want to talk about from here. What is the penalty of making? Uh, a practice, right? A practice of sinning. Hebrews chapter 10. For if we go on sinning willfully after receiving the knowledge of truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a terrifying expectation of judgment and the fury of fire, which will consume the adversaries or the enemy or the devil, right? Willfully sin means Again, you have it on your calendar, right? <laughs> you are sinning. You know that it's sin. You know that it's wrong. You do not care. Or you're justifying. You're, you're saying, well, because this, I can do this, right? You, you're saying when you willfully sin that you're choosing sin. You're choosing death. And you plan on doing it again. You have made a date with sin. Well, I'm I'm going to be a Christian over here, but when nobody's looking, I'm going to go do this. Well, if you continue to willfully disobey and you choose to 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 continue to sin, right? The Holy God gives us the Holy Spirit. I'm getting ahead of myself, but God gives us the Holy Spirit, which gives us the desire and the 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 power to do what is right, but it doesn't force us to do what is right. We still have the choice to be obedient. So, if you continue to continue Willfully sinning, this is the result. We have to talk about it, right? In Christ, um, so so we have to talk about it. This is the result if you continue after knowing, knowing the having knowledge of the truth, this is what, what can happen, right? We don't want that for any anybody. God doesn't want it for us either. And so that's why he tells us this. That's why he, he puts it in his word to warn us so that we can make the right choice. And so we have just talked about that first point of being in Christ. You know that you're in Christ if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you're being led by his spirit and that you're not willfully sinning. Yes, we do sometimes, we do still sin, right? Because we still have a sinful nature. But when we sin, it's not like we desire to keep doing it, right? We, we want to change. We want to... To, you know get back and to do the right thing that God has called us to do and he he gives us grace in that right it's for um John first John 1 9 says that if you confess your sins God is faithful and righteous to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness right okay so with that being said we are new creations that's the next thing I want to po uh, point out I want to talk about that we are new creations in Christ and what does it mean that we're new creations it means that we are regenerated which equals being radically changed by the Spirit of God <laughs> right and so what does that actually mean what does that look like well I I want to share with you right so let's start in the Old Testament because I, I I like to, to when when I can um, point out things that 
it says in the Old Testament and it also says in the New Testament because, you know, some people, some have come to believe that the Old and Testament are not in alignment or the Old Testament is saying one thing and the New Testament is saying another thing that is false, right? The the word of God, the Old Testament is um, is pointing to Jesus, is pointing to what's to come. And, and the New Testament is the fulfillment of all that, all that prophecy, right? And so we have in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, it says, and I will give you a new heart, God speaking, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful uh, to obey my rules. I love this verse because these verses, because it says, I, especially to verse 27, I will put my spirit within you. And what is the result of God putting his spirit in us? Well, it says right here, and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. This is what it means to be a new creation, regenerated by the spirit of God. The spirit of God, he puts his spirit in us and his spirit causes a change, right? We're regenerated. We are radically changed. We don't have the same desires. God gives us new desires. He gives us the power to walk in his way, to walk in his statutes, to obey his rules, right? Galatians 2.20 says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And so the life uh, I live in this earthly body. I live by trusting in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And so the old self is crucified. Christ lives in me. So we see this again, right? The first, the verse we, he, the first verse we just heard said that he is, um, will put his spirit in me. But now we see when you are in Christ, Christ lives in you. So we see this prophecy being fulfilled right? It's fulfilled that God has put his spirit in us and he is causing us to uh, walk in his statutes and to, to carefully obey him, right? To be obedient to him. And so, well, you may be asking also, because uh, this verse is talking about um, my old self has been crucified. What is the old self? Good question. It's a good question. If you were thinking it, it's a good question. And so that brings me to my final point. Um, it's, out with the old and in with the new, right? The verse says, um, the old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Okay, so what are the old things? What are the new new things? Let's get right into it. Colossians chapter three, verse five, it says, to put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, I don't know if I said that right, which is idolatry. On the account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these two, uh, in these you too once walked. You hear that? It says, in these you too once walked. Before, you're, before you used to walk this way, right? When you were living in them, when you were living in these earthly desires. But now... You must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self 
with its practices. There are more practices than this, but these, this is an example of some practices, right? So the old self are these practices, these evil desires, the, the earthly things that were, were in us, the, the way we used to live, right? We used to live this way. We used to we used to not think that sexual morality was a big deal or impurity or having evil desires or you being jealous of others, you know, which is idolatry. We didn't, we, we were living like that and we didn't see anything wrong. We, we were angry. We were full of wrath. We, we had problems with our brothers and sisters. We cursed, slandered, insulted, you know, and we had obscene talk. We didn't see anything wrong with it. Right. Right. But now in Christ, you are to put off your old self with its practices. So this is the old self. This is the works of the flesh. That is what those old things that have passed away are, right? Colossians chapter three, verse 10, it says, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. So the new self is, uh, the new self is walking by the spirit, getting ahead of myself again, but walking by the spirit, um, which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of his creator. I want to get back to this really quick, but the knowledge after the image of the creator, which is the word of God, right? We have knowledge in the word of God of who God is and who he created us to be and how he called us to walk. Ephesians chapter four, verse 22 to 24, it says, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and it's corrupt and is corrupt through deceit, deceitful desires, right? Those desires that you have, they seem right. They're deceitful, right? Um, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So again, we see this old self being put away. That's the formal way you used to walk before you came to Christ, before the spirit of God lived in you. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. We have, I have a verse for that too. I'm going to share with you next. But it says to put on your new self, which is created after the likeness of God and true rightness, righteousness and holiness. So the new self is after the likeness of God. It's the things by the spirit of God. It's walking in true righteousness, right? And holiness. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 it says, do not copy the behavior and customer of the, of of the of this world. Why? Because they're like the, the formal way that you used to walk. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. When you, uh, then you will learn to know God's will, uh, will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So again, just like that, the other two verses we just, um, we just went over, right? It says, here, being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. And then we we see we see here um, that to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So how do you do that? You don't copy the ways in uh, the ways of one second. Yeah, you don't copy the ways of this world. You let God transform you by uh, changing the way you think. How does God change the way you think? Well, the word of God, right? To, to in order for your mind to change you need to know you need to hear the word of god you need to know it right we are um um faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of christ so we need to hear the word of god we need to read it we need to engage with it to know 
uh, for our minds to be transformed, right? To think properly, to know what God's will is for our life, right? And then again, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Pleases him. I, I mentioned this verse earlier when we were talking about Ezekiel, how if um, when God puts his spirit in us, it causes us to walk in his statues and obey his rules. And so we see this again, for God is working in you. How? By the spirit of God, right? By his, by his Holy Spirit, he's given us the Holy Spirit to help us. And the Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the power, but it does not move for us, right? We have to put one foot in the other in obedience to Christ. That means, and which means like God has given us all that we need. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit. He's given us the desire. He's given us the power to do what pleases him. He's given us all that we need for success. He's set us up for success. So let's walk in that success right? His spirit, his word, all these things, we have them. And so, and this is why if someone goes on uh, deliberately sinning, there's no sacrifice left. Why? Because he's given us everything that we need to be obedient, to walk in. It's not like he just says, oh, go and do my commands and you don't have any help. Go and figure that out. No, he's like, I, I died on the, not only did I die on the cross, so that and pay the penalty for your sin i also put my spirit in you so that you can actually do what i've called you to do i'm not leaving you as an orphan i again we read that verse that we can cry out we have received the spirit not of fear but but as, as, of adoption as sons and daughters we can cry out abba father so he doesn't leave us as an orphan he said no not only am i going to die for you and put you give you right standing i'm going to live in you so that you so I can teach you how to walk out that right standing, that righteousness. And so uh, those are the three things. Those are the three points that I wanted to point out. But I also wanted to give you those actionable steps. How do we apply this? Right. Um, and three simple things, three simple things, getting straight to the point. The first. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You cannot be in Christ without Christ. Not just believing that he is Lord and knowing it. Yeah, I know he is Lord. Cool. But making him the Lord of your life, confessing him as your Lord and saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you. And I'm going to, cho I'm choosing to come under and um to follow you every day, all the days of my life. Hear the word, right? I said before, we, we, um, we, uh, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, right? So we need to let the word of God wash over us and transform us, right? It tr The word of God tra transforms us and makes us more like Jesus, right? And I just, I just love uh, 2, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I don't have it up here, but I'm going to read it to you. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true. So it teaches us what is true. It makes us realize what is wrong in our lives, points out the wrong stuff. It corrects us when we are wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. Again, the word of God is a powerful tool. You hear the word of God, right? And it teaches you what's true 
It's like it shows you, it points out, okay, this way you're living right here is wrong. It corrects you. Not only it corrects you, and then it puts you on the right path, right? It corrects you when you're wrong and teaches you what to do, what uh, how to do what is right. Teaches you, tells you what you should do in place of the wrong thing you're you were doing, right? And so God uses His Word to prepare and equip us for every good work. But we cannot simply just hear the word. No, we need to put it into practice. Just like you can make a practice of sinning, <laughs> you can make a practice of righteousness. And that's what God wants. He wants us to make a practice of righteousness, putting his word to practice, um, hearing the word, doing it. And that is us, right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new Per, this per, uh, this person's a new creation the old uh, is the old is gone now the old is has passed away behold new has come right we are new creations in Christ god if you've received jesus you're in christ you hear the word of god and not only just hear it but you do it those are the practical steps that we can do as since we are in christ right those are the things we need to do so that we can uh, walk out um, the life that God calls us as new creations. The enemy wants to, if you, if you have received Christ and you've fallen on your face, you've sinned, right? The enemy wants to convince you, oh, look, you've sinned. You're, you're no longer a new creation. You're dirty. You're this. Lies from the pit of hell. You are a new creation in Christ. And that's what the word of God says. So when you fall, when you do sin, we have an advocate with the father and his name is Jesus, right? We can go to father, to the father and we can confess our sins and he's faithful and righteous to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He releases us from the, from, from the debt that we owe because he already paid the price and penalty for sin on the cross. And he shows us, um, he cleanses us of all unrighteousness. He purifies us so that we can go out and keep doing the, um, and walking in the way that he's called us to walk. So three actionable steps, receive Jesus, hear the word, do the word. And so if you, that brings us, that brings us to the end of the message. If you are, are hearing this message and you're like, wow, God takes me out of darkness. He puts me in light, right? He makes me new. I want to know this Jesus. I want to accept this Jesus. I want that. I want to not be a slave to sin anymore, right? So my question to everyone on this call, really think about it, right? Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you received Christ? Are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? Have you become a new creation? Right? Not just believing that Jesus is Lord. The, the demons believe that too. They know Jesus is Lord, and when He come around, they they start trembling. Oh, son of son of God, what what are you gonna do with us today? They're trembling. They know that He's the Son of God. They're completely aware. So, what are you gonna do with it? Are you going to ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life? Are you gonna allow Him to set you free from darkness and sin, so that you can walk in freedom, so that you can walk in light, so that you can have peace, so that you can have joy? These are questions you should ask yourself. Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? I want to share the gospel with you all. We're starting here in Isaiah 5, uh, 53, 6. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Again, the way we used to walk, 
in in the pattern of this world, the way we used to walk uh, according to our flesh, we've all gone astray. We've chosen those things, right? We've turned to our own way. But God has caused the iniquity to fall on Jesus, right? The the, the penalty that we deserve, Jesus paid it. Romans 6, 20, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ. Do you see that again? Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so uh, we have all sinned, right? We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all uh, sinned against God. We've all missed the mark, right? And the penalty for sin is death. And that death is eternal separation from God in hell right? In hell, completely separated from him for, etern for eternity, right? That's bad news, right? Because we've all sinned, sin separates us from God. We're in need of a savior. We need somebody to save us. We need somebody to bridge the gap or pay and pay off the debt that we owed because we owe a serious debt, right? We can't even get to God. Well, the good news of God, of the gospel is that God loves us so much and he wants fellowship and relationship with us that he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, he paid the price and penalty for sin on the cross in full. He paid that price for us. And so because of what Jesus has done, we are no longer separated from God. We get to have fellowship. We get to know God. We get to walk in the newness of life. We get to, to be a new creation in Christ, right? The Bible says again in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, you've, uh, you've already heard me say this, but um, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. You get the gift of eternal life. And because eternal life is a gift, you cannot earn it by doing good works. We, we are not saved by the results of any work that we've done. Titus 3, 5 says, God, for God saved us, not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal by the Holy Spirit. So he, by giving us new life through the Holy Spirit. So it's not by works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. That is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not a result of work so that no one can boast. No one can say, look, I look at me. I'm so great. Look at my righteousness. No, none of that. Right. It's only because Jesus was perfect. It was sinless. He did. He went to the cross and he died on the cross for our sins. Right. He took the penalty for our sins that we, we get salvation because of that. Right. When we accept, when we believe one, we receive Jesus as our Lord, we get this gift. So when you're saying, if you're on this call and you're saying, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you're saying that you are laying down your life to live for him, that you're not trying to live for yourself anymore. You're like, God, I give it all to you. I want this new life in Christ. Um, sign me up, right? And so if you are saying that on the call, that you want to give your life to Jesus for the very first time, or you believed in God, you've heard about God, and you never actually put your faith in him, you never actually said, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord, the Lord of my life, then I want to, to make sure that you do that today, right? Jesus is the only way, truth, and the life. So no one can get to the Father except through him. So if you want that relationship with God, if you want to be transformed, if you want to be broken out of sin patterns that you don't even understand why you, you're in those patterns, well, say this prayer with me if you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior for the very first time. Father God, I know that I'm a sinner and that I need you to forgive me. 
I know that your son Jesus died a painful death and rose again so that my sins could be washed clean. Thank you. I want to make you the Lord of my life and I will trust you and follow you. Everything that I have is yours now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining our Purpose Founder podcast. If you made a decision for Christ today, fill out the link below and let us know so we can send you a free devotional and get connected with you. We also want to remind you to join our Facebook discipleship page and get connected with us and people all around the world. Until next time, we'll see you soon.